Hello, Dog Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Dog Nation Offseason. I'm Kaylee Mansell with Connor Riley, and that's C-O-N-N-O-R, no E-O-R. Don't get it twisted. Connor, Fran Brown's gone, B-Mac's gone, and now Dell might leave for Georgia State. Has there been any point since you've been covering the dogs where you've seen these rapid coaching changes happen? Yeah, you only have to go back to the end of 2021 when Dan Lanning leaves to take the Oregon job. Cortez Hankton departs after the national championship to become LSU's wide receivers coach. Uh, Matt Luke steps down and retires from coaching there. So you've seen sort of coaching turnover before. I think it is just this sort of the price of doing business when it comes to winning national championships. Alabama did this successfully for so long in replacing coaches. When you have a lot of success, teams want to come in and hire your coaches. And I think this is just another example of that. I saw a tweet last week, and I wish I had put it in the show, but someone put out on social media that when Brandon Adams goes on vacation, breaking news is is bound to happen. And that's exactly what happened. So Connor and I are going to give you all the information on the potential candidates, pros, cons, likelihood, everything you need to know. And then we're going to continue on with our spring position preview. And then we're going to end on some more updates from our EA Sports college football game. Connor, before we get into the candidates, what do you think is the ideal not necessarily person, but what sort of characteristics does this new wide receiver coach need to have? Yeah, I think the big thing for me, and I wrote about this this week, uh, you've got to be able to use, obviously, recruiting from the high school ranks, but also with the way Georgia has used NIL, or rather hasn't used NIL when it comes to recruiting wide receivers, I think you've got to be able to use the transfer portal there as well. And so as we get into some of the guys to look for here, I think this is maybe an example where, like, sure, you'd love to get a big name, but I think this is a, a time where maybe you look at someone who has done less with more in the past, knowing that that might help them more at a place like Georgia. So before we get into the three realistic candidates, there were some names that UGA fans were throwing around, specifically guys like Terrence Edwards, Heinz Ward. Are those guys even in the conversation anymore? No, uh, I Look, I want to be careful here. Heinz Ward is obviously a great player, Georgia legend, played with Kirby Smart. I think people are insane to suggest that he should be Georgia's wide receivers coach. Terrence Edwards, I understand a little bit more. He's worked in the Atlanta area. He's worked with a lot of these wide receivers. While he has never coached the college level, uh, there's a, a cachet that he has with there. And Kirby knows him and working with the program and being around the program there. The Heinz Ward thing, I just don't get. He's got one year of college coaching experience at Florida Atlantic. He's worked a little bit in the NFL there. But this idea that he's going to come in and be a, you know, a day-in, day-out recruiter at Georgia when he's never really done that and coach it in a place in the SEC where he hasn't done that either and, quite frankly, he just doesn't have a lot of ties to the Georgia program other than the fact that he was a high or a college teammate rather with Kirby Smart – I don't get it. I find it kind of frustrating that you'll go and look under some of the articles or some of the tweets of who should be the wide receiver coach. And it's just Heinz Ward after Heinz Ward after Heinz Ward. Uh, It's one of the more interesting things that I think we've seen from this. And look, when Georgia needs to find a new receivers coach the next time, because this is not the first time it's happened, there are going to be a lot of calls for Heinz Ward to be a, a wide receivers coach again. And I think if you were going to be a serious one, you would have seen it after the 2021 season But that's just not the case. Well, that's why I wanted to go ahead and address the situation because it seems that 
Hines is the fan favorite, but it doesn't feel realistic in a sense. So I wanted to go ahead and throw that out there so nobody feels like a clown for the rest of the show when we're going through the rest of the candidates. And with that said, let's go ahead and take a look at our first candidate here. It's going to be Josh Crawford, the current Georgia Tech wide receiver coach, was also the former Western Kentucky co-offensive coordinator. Connor, why would Josh Crawford make a good fit for this position? I think the biggest thing with Crawford and with McLennan moving on, McLennan had a lot of ties to the Atlanta area, his ability to recruit in those schools. He's obviously an Atlanta native. Crawford, similarly, is someone that has a lot of ties to this state. Coach at a bunch of big-time Georgia high schools, mm -hmm. GAC, Colquitt County, Lee County, uh, Valdosta there as well, and then has transitioned pretty well in his time as a college coach the last few years. Obviously super productive at Western Kentucky and working with J.G. Kinney there and putting up big numbers. But even this past year at Georgia Tech, doing some nice things in that receiver room, a guy like Eric Singleton, a, a freshman wide receiver that he sort of found, went out and added in and had a big season for the Yellow Jackets there. Uh, the, th the question that maybe exists for Crawford, in addition to just not having a lot of ties to college football in general in terms of his time in the sport, hasn't really worked with a ton of people on the Georgia staff. The closest connection is working with Buster Faulkner, who was the OC at Georgia Tech this past year. And we'll touch a little bit more on Buster here in a minute. I think with, with, with those ties, he does have a degree from the University of Georgia. Uh, that's the big question mark right now. Only three years college coaching experience. But I actually think that that might be a plus for him because it's all come in sort of the transfer portal era. And while, you know, I think this this hire is maybe going to go into the weekend and maybe even early next week, if there is a favorite for this job, I think right now Crawford would be that guy for Georgia. So you would say the likelihood on him is is pretty high as of right now? I don't know about pretty high or in terms of putting a percentage on it, but if I had to say if there were a favorite, I think Crawford would be that guy. And what would he bring to the table as the wide receivers coach that could be different from what BMAC brought? Well, I, again, I think the big thing, you look at BMAC, obviously familiarity was a big thing with him. He had worked with Will Muschamp before. He had spent a ton of time at the University of Georgia. BMAC had worked at a lot of big programs. Georgia, Oregon, was going to be the wide receivers coach at Miami. And look, with the way that Georgia has operated at the wide receiver room, it, it's just different from where it recruits the rest of this roster. I think in bringing in Crawford, you've got a guy who obviously has ties to the state, and is capable of finding, you know, because of the fact that he's had to work at Western Kentucky and he's had to work at Georgia Tech, schools that just don't have great resources. So I think the fact that he's had to work in those situations before, I think could be a plus for him. I know there'd be a lot of people interested in seeing if Eric Singleton does enter the transfer portal in the spring window. I have to think that Georgia would be very interested in him if he were to do so. But I think because of the fact that Crawford has such strong ties to the state in terms of recruiting and, and knowing high school coaches, and the fact that he understands how to recruit and work within the framework of what I think Georgia looks for in wide receivers moving forward, I think that's a big reason why he would be such an attractive candidate. So let's go ahead and move on to our next candidate. It is Lonnie Galloway, the current UNC wide receiver coach, former Louisville co-offensive coordinator, had a lot of success at Louisville. What does Lonnie bring to the table? Yeah, so Lonnie's maybe a little bit more of an established guy. He's been at North Carolina for a while, has worked with Stacey Serrells, who is obviously Georgia's offensive coordinator on this staff, or Georgia offensive line coach on the staff, excuse me. And, and with Lonnie, he's a guy that's worked the South for a long time. And I think if you follow recruiting closely, you've seen North Carolina have success in going into Georgia and, and landing recruits in recent cycles. Ashton Woods 
uh, from Walton High School there in, in the Cobb County area. Galloway, I think, is obviously a more established coach than, say, Crawford is, or maybe the next guy we're going to get to here in Jimmy Smith. Uh, and it will be interesting in seeing if Georgia ultimately is able to pry him away because I know a lot of people like what he has been able to do with those wide receivers in North Carolina. You think Josh Downs, who was a guy he recruited and developed there. Tez Walker this past year coming in from Kent State. Obviously, you know, that time in North Carolina, it's a program where you're going to be able to scout and win some battles because of the prestige there, but it's not like an Ohio State. It's not like an Alabama where you're just able to walk in with the logo on your chest and that's going to get you a, a big cachet there. I think he's maybe the biggest true home run threat that Georgia could go out and land. But the big question with him is how interested is he going to be in leaving North Carolina? Well, yes, Georgia could give a passing game coordinator title, but that could be seen as a lateral move for him. So at the end of the day, what do you think it would take for somebody like Lonnie to leave this program that you mentioned? He's already got the numbers, has got the players that he's developed. What would it take for him to leave? A a significant pay raise there for him as well. And Georgia can't afford to be, Uh, I think aggressive when it comes to that, but in terms of extra titles, they can't really offer anything there. Uh, Mike Bobo is the offensive coordinator and and the quarterbacks coach is there as well. Maybe you give him a co-offensive coordinator title uh, with the Del news. Maybe that frees some things up moving forward as well, but there's not in my mind, other than just the fact that you're coaching at Georgia, you do get more resources. You have more ability there. And as we've seen, you can, if you want to become a head coach, go from Georgia position coach, as Sam Pittman has done, as Del McGee might possibly do, uh, into being a head coach. You don't necessarily need to go and follow the path of, you know, position coach, offensive coordinator, head coach. You can, at a place like Georgia, I think, jump the line a little bit, whereas at North Carolina, that's just not feasible. So let's move on to our next candidate. And this is, for me, I think the most interesting one on the board, and that's Jimmy Smith. He's actually the current running backs coach at Arkansas, but he has got some really strong ties here to the Peach State. He coached at Cedar Grove for 12 years. Cedar Grove's one of the most prominent programs in Georgia high school football. Current 2025 running back commit Bo Walker is at Cedar Grove. That would that would certainly keep him at Georgia. But before we get to the pros and cons of him in the wide receiver coach position, let me ask you this. If Del McGee were to take the Georgia State job, would they put up Jimmy Smith as a potential candidate for the running backs coach position? I think so. I think that's very much the case there. I think Smith would do well at either one of those positions. You touch on it there, his time at Cedar Grove, connections to the state, connection to the coaching staff as well, because you look at some of the players that have played for Cedar Grove and gone on to play at Georgia. And Tori Johnson, a big-time recruiting win for Georgia. Um, Justin Schaefer, multi-year starter, national champion on that 2021 team. Obviously, Jaden Hazelwood, like a one-time Georgia commit there. I'm not 100% sure that he was able to coach Christian Miller, but you look at the players that have come out of Cedar Grove in recent years, Jimmy Smith has had a big role in that. And maybe unlike Josh Crawford, Jimmy Smith has SEC experience. He knows what it's like to recruit against this league in this league, working at Arkansas with Sam Pittman, someone who, again, very strong ties to Georgia and the connection there with Pittman being the former offensive line coach at Georgia. I think Smith, because of his ties to the state of Georgia, because of the fact that he's worked in the SEC, I think would be a great hire at the wide receiver coach position. But I think he'd be an even better running backs coach hire for Georgia in the event that Dell McGee ultimately leaves. And as we record this, 
on Thursday afternoon. There's been a lot of buzz about whether or not McGee will take the Georgia State job that recently came open. I think that's one of the big things to watch moving forward is what happens with Del McGee, especially in conjunction with the wide receivers coach job. But if that running back job comes open, uh, Jimmy Smith should be Georgia's first call. And quite frankly, I think he should be the last call. Uh, I think that should absolutely be the guy they target to replace McGee uh, in the event that McGee does elect to leave. So it seems that the major similarity between Jimmy Smith and Josh Crawford is their in-state ties, very known within Georgia high school football. How important is that, really? I think for Georgia, it's really important at the wide receiver position in particular, because I think you look around, they've been able to recruit nationally at running back. And I think it's a big credit to Del McGee there at running back. You look more recently at some of the, the way they've recruited, they're not going to go into South Florida, in my opinion, and win those big recruiting battles in part, because those just seem like NIL type type um, recruitments that Georgia just has shown that they're not committed to winning those. Uh, they're not going to go across the country and go into a, you know, big place after big place to land these guys. You're going to have to work within some constraints and find guys under the radar. You think Sakobi White in the 2024 signing cycle for Georgia, an in-state player that maybe some teams are able to overlook, but because Georgia has a certain cachet in this state, they're able to go out and land a player like that. Lad McConkey, a great example mm-hmm. of that, someone in that 2020 class that came in and played a huge role for Georgia uh, and could potentially go on to be a first-round draft pick. You even look at some of the other names that they've recruited recently. Dylan Bell out of Texas uh, was not wanted by schools like Texas, Texas A&M, coming out as a prospect. So I think... The ability to identify talent, especially within the state of Georgia, I think is huge moving forward for Crawford. You look at even this 2025 recruiting class with Crawford and Smith. If it is Crawford, you know, you look at the in-state crop of receivers that are available. It's much better this year than it has been in years past. And so you look at a guy like a Travis Smith that I know Jeff Sintel has talked and written a bunch about, C.J. Wiley out of Milton there. There are a lot of talented wide receivers in this 25 and 26 recruiting classes in the state of Georgia. And so having a guy like a Crawford, like a Smith, who are able to recruit that area, I think is significant for Georgia as they move into this next era and replacing Brian McClendon. It appears that Crawford, Galloway, and Smith are the big three candidates here. The guac, the salsa, the queso. Wow, I've been spending way too much time around Jeff Sintel. We just spent like three hours together and that just kind of came naturally. And so I've I apologize for that. That is not that is not me. But is there a dark horse candidate that maybe we didn't get the opportunity to display today? Yeah, James Coley is a name to keep an eye on. I believe he is now the wide receivers coach at South Carolina. Obviously, someone Georgia fans know well was Kirby Smart's original wide receivers coach there. Ultimately got promoted to quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator where it did not go very well. And I think a big reason why is because of Coley's struggles to recruit recruit and develop wide receivers so that when he became the offensive coordinator in 2019, he was relying on a transfer in Lawrence Cager and then two freshmen in George Pickens and Dominic Blaylock. But I, I think Coley, he brings a certain cachet, has obviously worked with Kirby Smart before, and I think does open some doors up in South Florida. Not that Georgia can't go down there and recruit, but Coley is one of the best South Florida recruiters in the sport. So if there is another name out there that to maybe monitor, I know Georgia fans may not love the idea of Coley coming back to it. Coley as a wide receivers coach could be something to monitor in the event that they don't land one of the three names we have previously mentioned. And you had mentioned this before, but what does the timeline on this look like? What's the earliest we could get a decision and what's the latest that we could hear from it? Yeah, I, I think look for this weekend. You know, Georgia's going to continue to interview guys through this. Uh, they want to get – 
this done at the latest, probably by mid next week, because of the fact that recruiting open up opens up once again on March 4th. You want to get them settled. You want to get them on the same page and say, hey, these are the guys we were looking at from a wide receiver standpoint in this recruiting cycle. And I would say that is the same case for the running backs job if that does open up as I think it is currently expected to do so. So I, I would look for maybe maybe it comes out on Saturday, Sunday, potentially Monday, maybe the most realistic option there, but something along the lines of that in terms of who and when Georgia might have their next wide receiver coach. Well, Dog Nation, make sure to keep your eyes and ears peeled because that decision could come at any moment, and you can check out all of our articles that have been written about this topic on dognation.com and now we are going to continue our spring position preview last week touched on the running backs and the wide receivers we're going to continue on the offensive side of the ball today starting with the quarterback position all right there you have it Uh, a lot different from last year's situation where we still weren't sure at the time who was going to be the starter it is evident that the clear starter here is Carson Beck Got the opportunity to see QB2, Gunnar Stockton in the Orange Bowl. And then you have newcomer, Ryan Puglisi. I think when you take a look at this graphic right here, the big thing that stands out is there's not a fourth. Is that something that we could see change when the transfer portal opens back up here in a few weeks, Connor? I think so. I think you saw Georgia try and address this in the January window when Jaden Maeva's name uh, was briefly connected to Georgia, be briefly committed to the program before ultimately signing with USC. Kirby Smart has gone on record and said he would like to be at four scholarship quarterbacks. I, I think the problem is finding who that fourth guy might be when you have such